Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, aka Mega Man. This will be episode 63. Today is my birthday, June 9th, 1980. Gonna be the big 3 9. I have a very, very special guest, Sal, Mr. Boxing Guru, man. What's up, man? What's up, Mega Man? Thanks for having me, man. Awesome, man. How's your day, man? Good. Hey, dude, I get to spend a. Uh... Your birthday with me, that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and thank you for the beers because I, I want to go light today. I might go heavy to later on today. Um, I just want to say thank you for um, uh, being on my podcast. I know the scheduling day was a little kind of a little different and everything, but we made it work today. Dude, I feel like a diva. How many times have I been like, hey, bro, can we just switch it up a bit because I'm doing this? Then I tell people that I'm actually going to the winers and my wife and get messed up. Like, I thought you were the boxing guru, and now all of a sudden you're into wine, so. Yeah. I make it work and stuff. <laughs> it's like, to me, I don't get butthurt. It's like, hey, we got we got time. There you go. We That's got time. And, I, and you know, the, the weird thing about it, I just, I got off work and I went straight over here, dude. So I didn't get no sleep, but fuck it, dude. How do you do it? I, I get that every day. No meth? I, I No meth. <laughs> Like, yeah, like three hours of sleep and just give me some two cans and I'm good to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so um, the reason why I wanted you on, um, I've been following you for a while, and you have a podcast called Mr. Boxing Guru. Yes, the Mr. Boxing Guru podcast. I recently started that. Um, look, I'm one of those people that, that never really, almost you could say, believed in the internet. Um, I was always into, uh, if I'm going to hang out with you, I'm going to hang out with you. Yeah. Um, so all this even when Twitter got around, I mean, it's I was never into. Oh, I'm gonna go hang out with this guy, and his name is at Pendejo. Yeah, you know at Twitter. Uh, but I was never into that. So this is this is kind of something new to me. Um, I had a I had a, a, a Facebook show uh, before too, where where you know again we I related to fans. So doing a podcast is it's in my opinion one of the most difficult things that you can do, especially when you're doing it by yourself because you're here mm-hmm. talking to yourself. And How long you been doing podcasts? podcast i'm no more than six months i think six months six months and it's it you and i talking it's great but talking to yourself i don't know how do you do it when you I, sit back it, it, it's just the hardest thing in the world i think it's the hardest thing because when i did a solo one i've, I've been doing the podcast since last year of september and i didn't have notepads but when you have other people celebrities like shout out to bethel duran talk always talking shit trolling <laughs> you know i don't know why but um he told me, he gave me little pointers here in Felipe, Martin, and all that. It's always have a binder, write your stuff, what you're going to talk about, and keep the ball flowing. Right. And, and there's only one thing I always looking at, time. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I talked to everything. It's only been nine minutes. Right. But I have to keep the ball flowing. Absolutely. Timing is everything. Um, I, I've, I've, I've sat, as, I'll give you an example, when I started doing a podcast, because again, I was so used to talking to uh, people or even when i go live you see i go live and there's all yeah. these people i don't know why what are they doing watching my live by the <laughs> way but uh uh i'm interacting with people but this time you're, you're again talking to yourself so you really don't know you think you've been talking for an hour but it's actually been 10 minutes so mm-hmm. it's 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 good so keeping a notepad it's, it's it's good but at the same time it's always good to talk from the heart from your head so yeah you just want to keep it real and stuff and uh, i like your your episodes are usually about maybe 45 minute tops yeah if that yeah yeah well you ever had a long one like an hour um not yet well actually i did once when i had a i had a it was like we did a fight review and i had a couple of guys oh, yeah. here and and mm-hmm. it's again it's a lot easier like that when you're talking to people but again most of my podcasts i made it a um i wanted to do my podcast by myself because i almost wanted to prove that I, I i can bring in listeners without having a guest without you know uh I wanted to make sure that my my name brought some sort of value on its own and that what I the content that I provided 
was good enough for you to sit back and listen to on your lunch break or on your way to work and whatnot. So. I hear I always I hear your podcast is only on overnight when I work. Yeah. Not in the daytime I take breaks. Yeah. But when that's the only time and when I heard your name, Mr. Boxing Guru, was from again, uh, Bethel Duran. He always talks about you. You know, Mr. Boxing Guru. Always hear that name. I was like, who's Mr. Boxing Guru? <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh shit! And I started following you, and I didn't know you used to live in Long Beach. I lived in Long Beach. Um, that's that's where I met my wife. It's funny because I, you know, I met my wife when I was working at Ross <laughs> <laughs> on uh, what was it? What is it? Carson Street? But yeah, but initially, I mean, I I, I was you know born and raised in, in Compton. Uh, that's why I uh, lived most of my life, and then until mm-hmm. I got married, I ended up moving to Long Beach. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty good. And and how did you, um, you know, with the podcast and everything and stuff like that, you were you was your passion always like boxing? Ever since I was a kid, um, boxing is something that that I I did as a kid. Obviously, I wasn't good enough, you know, to to to, to be a boxer. But I, I I tried it. I did it. It was boxing and baseball. But boxing has always been my passion because that's you gotta understand as as a Mexican Mexican American, boxing happened on the weekends. That's when you know you get together with your family. That's when you you know find new friends because all of a sudden you put on the pay per view and everybody wants to be your friend. That's where me and my family got together and. Uh, and enjoyed the weekend. You know, there was a Chavez fight. Everybody and their mother came to my house, or we came to my tío's house, or, or whatnot. But that's how we spend most of our weekends as as a kid coming up. And you always been like watching boxing, boxing, everything, pay per view, like you know Tyson, and, you know everything. Yeah, there could be a, a pay per view fight. There could be a, a, a fight here at you know you know uh, Indio. There could be a fight here at Belasco. I mean, I, I that's that's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. What's the name? How'd you get the name Mr. Boxing Guru? Mr. Boxing Guru came about, uh, how did that one come about? I think it was a, a, a buddy of mine at work that, because I mean, that's all I would talk to. Anybody who wanted to make a bet, they would come to me and say, you know what, how, what do you think about this fight? Oh, okay. And I would say, you know, this guy, I've never been a betting man, but I'm like, but if I were to bet, this is who I would go with. So some guy just started calling me, hey, Guru, Boxing Guru, Boxing Guru. And I made a Twitter account with it and it, and it worked. <laughs> so, was it like because you knew every like all the records? The stats? Yeah, I was before more, more than now. I was I was always a, a record geek. I mean, I, I knew everything about anything and, and, and like the almanac. Uh, yeah, so the, told me about a four round fight. I knew about it. Um, he told me about this guy having an injury and nobody knowing about it. I knew about it. Um, and yeah, that, that that was just me. The one thing I, I liked about your podcast is that. You go to like all these little small boxing uh, fights where all these up and coming fighters are. That's where I see you on your stories, on your Instagram, and everything. You're, these these kids who are, who are like in their 19s, 20, early 20s, they're getting their name out there before they go hit to Vegas. That's the thing I like. Right. Well, you, the thing is, there's so many stories, so many untold stories about these kids. Um, and those are the ones that matter. You want to see that kid. You want to say, okay, I saw that kid once fight at a local club show. Because, again, boxing as a whole, it's it's very, I almost want to say, easy to get into. Easy to meet these guys. And, and, and a lot of these fighters actually appreciate you going out to them. I mean, you're going to, uh, most of these fights that you're going to, these little club shows, they're predetermined fights. You already know who's going to win. Uh, but giving these guys that support that they that they need, that, that it's, it's very instrumental to their future. Uh-huh. With uh, when you see like 
knowing that you're in the boxing game, have you ever like saw a fighter where you seen him from from he was zero and zero, now he's like, oh shit, he's has potential to be like a champ. So many fighters that you see that that you see potential. There's a lot of fighters that have potential. There's a lot of fighters that have skills, but um, you see it a lot. But you also see the tragic story behind it a lot of time because the guy that doesn't make it to again in this case the zone H uh, Showtime, you know, before uh, HBO. There's something that always derails a lot of these fighters. So when you actually get to see these fighters um, in those big stages, you gotta understand that fighter's been through a shitload of things. It's gone through hell to be able to put themselves there because the talent might be there, but the mental strength sometimes is, is not. And a lot of the times it's not. It, it's real easy to go down the wrong path in boxing because one, boxing doesn't pay. I um, mean, you're fighting for round fighters, doesn't pay. Um, uh, you got to go out there and sell tickets, uh, and that those tickets are, are are really to pay for that opponent that you're going to bring in, um, because you got to pretty much pay that opponent's salary. And at the end of the day, if you're lucky, you get you know a thousand bucks. Again, if you're lucky, you're fighting a four round fight or six round fight, six round fight. Again, same thing. So it's very easy for a kid to get discouraged because the money isn't there, because there's more money working at Home Depot than actually being a boxer and sacrificing everything, sacrificing. Uh, life, family, shit, a decent meal, really, because you'd see this fighter struggling to make weight. That's the thing I, I noticed, like, back in the day, I would hear all these crazy stories of boxers who didn't know how to manage their monies. You right. know, the, man, the promoters would just fuck them. Like, what happened with Mike Tyson? Yeah, Mike Tyson was, you see, and, and the reason, and that's going to continue to happen, because, look, if you're going into boxing, you're not going to be the smartest individual in the world because who wants to get, you know, punched in the face for a living? Mm -hmm. um, heavyweight division is a prime example. Um, you get a guy that, that a kid that, that you know is going to be oh, plus six foot, 200 pounds. Are you going to put him in boxing or are you going to try to get him a scholarship and then make him play football? Um, if you know he's a well-rounded athlete. Sounds like Wilder. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's what should have happened. That's what really happened to American boxing, uh, heavyweight boxing. You don't want to put your kids in, 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 in a sport like this. You'd rather push them towards a, a sport that maybe could give them at least an education off of it. Um, so that's why a lot of people do not push uh, their kids into boxing like they used to. Because uh -huh. they would start like, you know, having Mexico, they start like professional what 16 15? 16 15 if, if you really good. canelo was what 16 or 17 uh, 15 if i'm not mistaken really yeah yeah he was he was a young pup oh my gosh i mean if you really think about canelo is, is, is still a young guy i think he's what uh 27 28 and, and he's fought i mean he fought what uh floyd when he was 22 years old so it, it's it's impressive what they've done with canelo and 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 so far in his career that's good uh that's good i that, that's that's something where it's like i i get very intrigued when you hear like now like we were talking earlier i have been getting to back to boxing right. because the ufc to me in my eyes is getting watered down right and now like the heavyweight division is like whoa you know i always feel something with the heavyweight division that it trickles down to all the divisions makes it more like wow well the heavyweight division is always going to be the king of, of, of sports heavyweight division is is pretty much the weight that most human beings are uh -huh. um but it always resembled something special um for a while we didn't have anybody there was a two-headed monster in, in the heavyweight division which were the klitschko brothers i didn't like that because well, they hold the division hostage they held the division hostage they fought everyone but in the u.s it, we didn't uh 
build the heavyweight uh, champion to fight those guys. We had guys that were ex-football players, basketball players, but we never really had a legitimate contender or someone that would try to challenge for the belt. Um, at some point, Ariola was the American heavyweight that was supposed to do something. Again, here we are. Uh, but I heard something about there was a person who was trying to find a, a American champion here, who was trying to find the best heavyweight in America, you know, but I don't know. It, it's very hard. I think um, the best, well, obviously the best heavyweight champion that we have right now is, is uh, uh, Wilder. And to a certain extent, now Andy Reese. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's very, very difficult to get one of those fights. Does he get criticized because he's Mexican American and he's not from Mexico? No. I always hear that a lot. Um, it, 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 it's tough in a way to, to because it, it's, it's, it always gets very political. Um, Mexicans don't think you're Mexican, and, and Americans do not think you're, 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 you're American. If he gets so, Julio Cesar Chavez giving you the okay, like, yeah. Yeah, but even Chavez to a certain extent. Like I remember Chavez fought De La Hoya. De La Hoya got all this shit for, for, for because yeah. oh he was a little pocho, you know, he was a little, that. he was, he was this little, uh, uh, I guess you could say whitewashed Mexican, and, and De La Hoya struggled as much as any other fighter. Um, it, it got to the point where De La Hoya actually had to get his, his, his dual citizenship to really be considered a Mexican uh, a fighter. But I mean, I in my opinion, your first generation Mexican. That's as Mexican as you're going to get, you know. From East yeah, LA. yeah. East LA. I mean, East LA is baby Mexico. Well, it was baby Mexico before. So, uh-huh. yeah. That's just something where it's like, wow, it's like with uh, Mexican, like, not with, let's get into it, you know, with Andy Louise Jr., you know, just knocked out Anthony Joshua. Were you shocked? Absolutely. I, I Honestly, it's something I, I still, like Wilder says to this day, <laughs> uh, I wake up thinking, like, how did he do it? And it's been a what, week now? Um, how it, it, and again, most fights you already know who's gonna win. And again, it's, it's it's been this way for a very long time, especially get into boxing. Yeah, I thought, and I crow for it. I said, guys, do not let your nationalistic pride get in the way of a good fight. Mm-hmm. I meant, you know, Andy Reese is gonna lose this fight. Andy Reese is gonna last three to four rounds, and and and. And then Wilder's going to land a big right hand, and then he's going to land it again, and he's not going to be able to get up. Um, essentially, that's that's what started happening, but, you know, it, it, it again, it still baffles me. How are you going to let this little guy, again, guys that look like Andy Ruiz, fighting style, and, and physically do not be guys that look like they've been chiseled like... Reminds me of Butterbank. In, in a way, yes, but the thing is... But the way how he was swinging, like... Well, he has to swing that way. you got to understand he's fighting the taller guy, so he's got to try to bring the, uh, Anthony Joshua's hands down and try to get to the head. Because I remember Joshua was going down hit. Yeah. Like, he could stand up. Well, like, he wanted to hit that soft body, what, what, what he thought was a soft body. Yes, Sandy Reese is, is, is built like your... But he broke him. Yeah, he's built like your average guy, but he broke him down. He, you know, we get into that. When... When he knocked, when Anthony Joshua knocked down uh, uh, Weez, was it in the was it in the fourth round or was it the fifth round? Uh, third round. Third round. Yeah. So when he knocked him down, did you see uh, Ruiz's face very calm, like okay? I was like thinking like okay, I got knocked down. That was a knock. That was the first knockdown mm-hmm. he had in his career. Right, that's his first knockdown. So when he got up, he's like, okay, we'll see what's up. Then he just turned on the heat. Look, he Ruiz has a he has a good trainer and a, and a coach Manny and of course coach Estrellita 
they've been through this. They know what type of fight that they were expecting. They weren't expecting, obviously, an easy fight. This isn't a fight that he was supposed to lose, so they knew it was going to be a tough fight. So they've been through these type of scenarios. The fighter gets hurt. What do you do when you get hurt? Mm-hmm. Do you fight back? Do you hold? Or do you just try to get as close to the fighter and beat the shit out of him? That's that's what Andy Reid did. He, he knew that was his opportunity. He knew that that the dog and and and, um, and AJ AJ was going to go after him for the kill. And that was his one opportunity to go in there, and get close where he would be on even playing fields, mm. and be able to do most of his work. Because remember, he's built like a little alligator. He doesn't have long hands. Yeah. So that's the that's the opportunity that 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 uh andy had versus aj where he was be able to be close enough to land those punches that's exactly what he did i seen the punch when he when he hit him i think it was right here on the side behind the ear and that's why his legs kind of trickled like oh oh." and he was like well okay then i see he's like okay here we go yeah that's when it became an actual fight and then when he knocked him down everyone's face was like oh shit now we have a fucking slugfest yeah and I was like, oh, my God. Then he started going at it. Then he got knocked down again. Then it was he got knocked down, like, what, four or five times? That's, yeah, four times, yes. Then all of a sudden, in the seventh round, here we go. He's like, okay, I got him. Then he was just picking him apart. He was out of it, man. I, I don't know. And, again, it's still, I, I, I again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm as happy as could possibly be for a guy like, like, uh, like uh, Andy. Because guys like Andy don't become these type of heavyweights. But he deserves all the accolades in the world. Um, and and credit to Joshua too because look, there's so many rumors about oh he was concussed, he got knocked down about a week ago. If you look at him even in the fight, he just doesn't look like he even wants to be there right before the fight. He just looks odd. But credit to him, that's us as boxing fans uh, speculating over what what what's going on. Uh-huh. But credit to Joshua because he said, you know what, this is Andy's moment. Let him let him live his best life right now yeah. and enjoy this because it's good sportsmanship. Day, yeah, he's Andy's the heavyweight of the world. He's in Jimmy Kimmel. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's got Snickers backing him up. If I'm not mistaken, now. he's a Snickers after yeah. a boxing fight. That's what yeah. I heard. Um, so good for him. He deserves it. So now the great thing about the way uh, Joshua's acting is that if he does get that rematch, hopefully he does. Um, he. And, and and let's say Joshua does, you know, get his belts back. I mean, there was no excuses for the first fight. He's not going to make any excuse for the second. And I hope Andy does the same thing. I hope he does. This is, we need some, like, a, now that we have American champion, but a Mexican-American champion. Yeah. What, what city is he from, anyway? Uh, He's Calexico, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how I thought so, too. Like, Imperial. Huh? Yeah, Imperial Valley kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was somewhere, like, in Oxnard. Well, no, he trains in Oxnard. No, no, he trains here in, in Legends, here in uh, in uh, Norwalk. Really? So, he's a local guy, yeah. So, he would he was trained by Freddie Roach before. He trained with Abel Sanchez, uh, Golovkin's uh, old trainer. Uh, and now he ended up with Manny Robles and, and, and Estrellita, which they think works works out perfectly. You know the funny thing about with uh, with Andy Luis? I saw a picture, someone posted on Instagram, mm. of Andy Luis and Oscar Valdez. Uh-huh. And they were like, we're going to change the boxing world. <laughs> but they were, they were young. Young but guys. he was young. He had a shaved head and everything. Like a little marshmallow man, right? Now yeah. we'd be like, whoa, this is something. Yeah, this is something special happening to both of them. And they've both been through. You've seen uh, Valdez, which fought last night. Um, he went through his little scare where his jaw was broken and his That's teeth what I, were kicked in yeah, or whatever it was. That, and yeah. he's that in that fight itself, Valdez um, became a living legend because the way he was fighting with a broken jaw, I mean, he was pretty much holding his, his mouth shut with his glove. 
mm-hmm. um, and fought through that. That, in my opinion, was a special thing. That 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 was good. That you know, it's a featherweight. Is he gonna stay at featherweight? Is he gonna move up? No, no, no. Um, I think he he mentioned that he wanted to go to one thirty. Uh, now, I mean, look, the guy's been making that weight. He made six title defenses. Um, he's been making that weight since he became pro, pretty much, and and. It, it takes a toll on the body, and and let's be honest, you become get comfortable being a champion, you get that good money, you, you're eating good now. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, 130, it's it's in my opinion, it's only normal uh, at this time. That's good. Is it with something with boxing when boxers when they get older, is it hard for them to control their weight? Because oh, absolutely, and and you got to think about it. they get comfortable in life. Again, like I told you in the very beginning. Boxing doesn't pay. There's no money in boxing. Boxing is a very top-heavy sport. There's a handful of fighters making money. So you become a champion. Now you're getting those those hundreds of hundred thousand dollar paydays. You know those million dollar paydays. You eat a little better. You're not eating even frijoles, you know, anymore. Because <laughs> I thought when you know, a boxer, I heard like they say like a pound makes a difference. A pound makes a hell of a difference. Really? I've seen fighters um, like when they fight or when they weigh in. Well, no, when you're cutting weight. Oh, I thought you meant like when you fight, like oh, because you have to get all the like the pediolites get all their their fluids back. No, no, no. when they're fight, I, I seen fighters. Um, I'm not gonna mention the fighter's name, but I went a, um, I went to deliver gloves. I started working with Adidas Boxing. Yeah, and um, I saw him cutting weight. So he was in the bathtub with um, sauna suit on, with boiling hot water. You know, tr- cutting weight the night before the weigh-in. And they're trying to sweat everything that they possibly can. And as soon as they're out of there, they're they're back to doing some sort of cardio, like mitts or something, doing the, uh, the boxing mitts, you know, and, and sweating every drop. You know, it comes to the ounces when it comes to, to uh, Even though they boxing. spit, like, saliva and all Nothing. that stuff. Most boxers don't drink water for, like, at least two days um, when they're cutting weight. That's the old-school mentality, especially with Mexican boxing. Um I've seen boxers where they're not really drinking water, but they, they, they grab a, a wet sponge. They give them a wet sponge. That, that way they could just suck on it. That way they could keep their mouth moist. But really, it, 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 dude, cutting weight it's it's for fighters is one of the most scariest looking thing that that I would love to bring you along when, when uh, fighters make I want to go. They're, when these guys are in the sauna, uh, doing the mitts in the sauna, um, uh, makes you kind of look back like, dude, I really need to fucking lose weight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what was the most, like, a fighter lost weight, like, in, what, what, one or two days? Uh, I, a fighter could lose up to 15 pounds in a day. Never heard of like a, a person losing like twenty pounds, twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Reels is notorious for that. And the thing is, forget that because remember, a fighter has to lose weight for about four hours. That's it. That's it. After the fight, a, a lot of fighters gain up to twenty pounds overnight of oh, just rehydration, rehydration, IV shots, um, blood. I mean, I've heard about that. You know where they, you know, they they. They take blood out. EPO. Yeah, and then they reload up with blood again. It's not but necessarily the best thing to do. I don't but know about that because doesn't that make your blood very thick and you have to keep on running and working out? Yeah. If not, you can die. Yeah. Ooh. Boxing like is bo- right there. making weight is, is, is some of the scariest thing in the world for these fighters. That's why sometimes you, ha- I know you, you see a lot of people calling these fighters bums and whatnot, but to see what they do, forget about the fight itself. 
but to see what they do to actually make weight it, it, it's one of the saddest things you could actually see and it makes you almost feel like a piece of shit watching the sport at the end of the day and also if you don't make weight they deduct your pay uh and it depend, depends um some have embedded contracts um there's some weight classes that that don't let you be 10 pounds over on the on the the next day even so there's so much speculation or so much different rules when it comes to weight that that it's it's crazy but the good thing about that is that they only have to make weight for a couple of hours uh, just for the weigh-in they make the weight then they could rehydrate into and that's what that's one of the benefits about rehydrating because now your your punch retention is a lot more when you're a lot heavier versus a guy that's a lot smaller somebody punches you somebody that's 10 pounds lighter than you you're going to be able to take that punch a little better mm. so that's one of the you, benefits because i like you have to get all that because you need to get the you need all the fluids for your brain and everything absolutely absolutely oh, that's that's scary bro when you see a guy mm. that and you hear about it oh what happened oh he's over there pissing blood that's some scary shit oh shit that is he like taking Piss- a leak yep Ooh. because they're they're you know the kidneys are shutting down fuck it's, boxing is horrible, bro. Oh no, man! I like where my gut is at. Exactly. I like my exactly. tacos. I, I like fuck. my fucking piss smelling like micheladas. Fuck! <laughs> I was gonna ask you um, before I forget. Why is it that now boxing, if you have a good record, if you get if that boxer loses a fight, oh, he should retire? Because it's a it's it's a very stupid way of, of I don't talking. like that and, and that's the Floyd effect. Um, I hated that. Floyd was always a guy that that you will know him because he was a guy that was undefeated. That the guy that 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 created that that swag fighter that I call that that is just if you're not undefeated you ain't shit and that's completely different from what boxing really is. Some of my favorite fighters have blemish in the record not because they suck because honestly they dare to be great um you lose so what pick yourself up and then and then go back in the gym fix the errors that you made and go on and kick some ass oscar de la hoya had about what five losses um so did muhammad ali um sugar ray Robinson. yeah exactly so now even and that's what that's what i i tell people when you you say that aj was was it was all a show and and, and smoke that's not true. AJ could rebuild. It's how you rebuild after a loss like that. I mean, you, you always, I mean, it's just like sparring. You you, you always lose sparring, and, and you always lose. Uh, you don't. You're not the best every time in sparring, but you regroup. You correct the errors that you make, and and we'll see how you do after that loss. I like it um, back then with the '80s, where like Marvin Hagler. Tommy the Hitman, yeah. her and like, and those were wars. Yeah, and they had they didn't get fucked by. We're gonna go at it. Yeah, he was the best. And a lot of times, honestly, you don't remember who won. You remember you saw a great fight, and that's all that. Matters. At the end of yeah. the day, that's all that matters. Uh, if you saw a great fight, can you say you saw a great fight anytime that Floyd put gloves on? No, you were mad because you paid seventy dollars for a pay per view versus a guy that's flinching most of the fight. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with boxing. Floyd Mayweather created a problem. With you having a loss on your record. That loss, in my opinion, only adds character. That loss tells me you dare to be great. That loss tells me you're a real fighter, not a not a not a built robot, really. Because that's what a lot of these young fighters that, that want to protect that oh, but they end up fighting the bum of the month. Yeah. My first boxing fight I ever saw on TV was uh Ray Boom Boom Mancini when he fought that Korean who died. Yeah, you see Ooh. that and that's the scary part in boxing. Um last night, um, I'm sure you heard of him, Zab Judah. I think he has a 
Zab Judah. Zab Judah was fighting again. He's the older fighters from my era. You know the De La Hoya, yeah. the, the Mosley. Yeah, I remember he got knocked up by Casazu. one of the funniest memes in the world. I think uh, <laughs> uh, Cedric, the entertainer, made uh, like a whole skit about it where he just kept complaining to the ref and he was just dancing all over the, yeah, the, the ring like Bambi. But he was in a fight last night again. Fight that he shouldn't be fighting anymore. Zab Judah's fighting. Zab Judah has his brain bleeding or something like that. So internal bleeding. The, internal bleeding. Um, so now God knows what's going to happen. That, that Again, goes back. That's the scary part oh. about boxing. At the end of the day, these guys are fighting for their life in there. That's the scary. The kid in Mexico, too. Same thing. Most of his career is used as an opponent. And now, this, 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 I think it's an induced coma. And that happened over the weekend, yeah, too. Yeah, vegetable. Yeah. And you don't know when he's going to wake up. You don't know. And he's like, he's no benefits. Nothing covered. Nothing. Again, boxing is, again, back to what I was saying. There's no money in boxing. It's crazy, bro. It's, it's, <laughs> what the fuck, Zab Judah? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, Zab Judah, Zab Judah made a ton of money fighting Floyd. He fought, he fought. Uh, I mean, he fought Lucas Matisse. He fought, um, fought uh, what was his Argentinian guy, other Argentinian guy's name? Um, I forgot, but he's in jail now. But he, he's fought a bunch of fights. He made a lot of money. I think at some point he was getting into some sort of nursing program too because, I mean, the money ran run out. But he ended up make, making a decent living. Why is he still fighting at what? But he should be over 40 years old. I have no idea. I think I remember him. I think he was fighting when USA had box USA boxing. Um, or was maybe, it ESPN? Maybe ESPN. early. Maybe early His enough. His trainer yeah. was Lou. Uh, the trainer uh, who was training for Zab Judah back then. But he uh, yeah, passed I, away. I, I can't remember. Uh, but Zab is, 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 is get one of the fastest hands that was in boxing. And, and all around great athlete. He had a mouth on him. So... <laughs> He made for for good entertainment, but um, I hope he, he recovers, man. Because this this shit is tough, man. What about uh? Shouts to Sergio uh, to get better. What's up with Adrian Broder? Adrian Broner, it's it's look, boxing needs its characters. Uh, you know, uh, MMA has is Conor McGregor, and, and there's other fighters now that are trying Kobe to Covington, yeah. yeah, trying to do what he does, and it's good because it adds. It, it's there for the casual. When when Adrian Broner fights, you want to see him fight. You know he's gonna get his ass beat. He's he, he the thing is he has talent, but he never really developed it into being a world beater. Now again, I know it sounds crazy because Adrian Broner is a four I believe he's a four time world champion, but look who he fought. I, I don't think most of us can name a fighter that he beat. He beat Polly Malinaji, who has some of the softest hands. I think he has softer hands than my wife. Um, he beat, I, I, I have no idea. So he, he beat up fighters and he, he was developed into what people would think a great fighter. But uh, Adrian Boner is just a mouthpiece. You know, he's a guy that could talk a lot. He's going to sell a fight. That's why he, Manny Pacquiao used him. That's why Mikey Garcia used him. That's why uh, Marcos Maidana used him. I think that's that's when Adrian Boner's downfall came when he ended up picking his own fight and he wanted to fight uh, Marcos Maidana this Argentinian monster that 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 made a name for himself when he when he fought Victor Ortiz with guys with you know hands of stone oh that's and the one who retired right that's and he right. Was, I saw it in his Instagram that he was gonna come back to boxing and then retired he was again. gonna come back he you know he was about 200 pounds he was gonna try to make it to over 200 pounds he was trying to make it back to uh, 147 uh, he ended up close to close to 160 because that thing that that was going to be his first fight because after so many years of being retired because he fought Floyd twice uh, made enough money to retire 
tried coming back and and look man when you have when you make you know over 10 million dollars and you're taking that 10 million american dollars and you're taking it to argentina you live like a king so do you really want to come back and fight i i I wouldn't that's like something where i always hear the thing when boxing is like you know if you're if you're hungry you're hungry but you can't be sleeping on silk sheets you can't the only one i mean it's the only one that's been successfully been able to do that has been Floyd Mayweather but again look at the level of opposition he fought he always fought guys that you knew he was gonna beat Mm -hmm. he fought Oscar De Loyo and Oscar was old that shit he fought any any of the top fights that Floyd fought I could tell you you know he wasn't he Mm -hmm. there was something wrong with the fighter that he fought Mm -hmm. if was if Floyd was at his prime now you think he would get beat by the by the boxers down um depends because you know th- there's there's two versions of floyd there's pretty boy floyd who was a monstrous guy at 135 pounds and below um that guy was fast he was strong he was fighting he, he didn't have any problems uh with his hands um now now money may money may whether that's a guy that that had hand problems that hand picked his opponents um a guy that that you know became a pay-per-view star because of those past fights and because again he had a mouthpiece like broner uh that, that could talk a lot of shit but didn't necessarily fight the best opposition because he started fighting 147 uh, 154 even he fought oscar 154 so him floyd versus like let's say money may 147 pounder floyd Versus the guys that are out here right now, which again, in my opinion, is very weak. Even if it's packed with a lot of superstars, it's a very weak division. I think Floyd, Floyd, will, Floyd will do fine. Um, maybe even beat most of them that are out here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, boxing isn't what it used to be. <laughs> well, like uh, was it Ter- was it Terence Terence Crawford? Crawford. I think he'll Ooh. Terence Crawford. He, he'll give Terence Crawford a lot of problems. He'll give Errol Spence a lot of problems. Um, and of course. Uh, you know, whoever else is out there, a lot of problems. That's crazy. We get to Crawford. Why do they give him a hard time? Because he fights in his own his own state, like Iowa. He's from Iowa, uh, right? Crawford is from Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. yeah. Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Um, yeah, I think it is Nebraska. I, I have to, we'll have to go back and check it. Yeah. Um, Omaha. Yeah, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's not why he gets a select. Because, look, the... Omaha loves lo- loves loves uh, Crawford. The problem why he gets the, the the a lot of people talking shit is because he most of the 147 pounders, the welterweights that are that are in his division or the guys that you want to see him fight are with PBC. So those guys are the ones that keep saying he's on the wrong side of the street. The fact of the matter, I don't think he's on the wrong side of the street. I think he's in his own. He deserves what he what he what he's going through. He he he's a legitimate 147. He is the man at 147 pounds. You can't really say he's in the wrong side of the street because those guys that are in that other side of the street they really never fight each other. Look, PBC is in an entity that's been created for about one now four years, and in those four years it's been very hard for them to fight their top guys. They somehow have the division and the belts hostage because they don't want to fight other guys now what happened is that a little guy from the philippines is the one that's going in there and actually fighting the the and then fighting everybody uh which is uh manny pacquiao before we stop uh can you explain to the audience what pbc means pbc it's 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 a company run by al Heyman. al Heyman is the notorious um 
advisor, you could say, uh, to Floyd Mayweather, to, to Errol Spence, to Mikey Garcia. Uh, he's the one that controls um, the PBC, I guess you could say. You know, these fights on Fox, Manny Pacquiao now. and, oh. and So he's the one that runs that. So he tries to run, he tries to run it as his own little entity, pretending there's not a lot of other champions out there. Like, again, why not make uh, Errol Spence versus uh, Crawford? They somehow want to keep everything hostage. They know the type of monster that a guy like Crawford is. I don't like when they people hold the division or hold the fighters up and years and years, like, okay, now we fight. It's like, well, it's already over. Yeah, it's time. already over with. I mean, by the yeah. time that that uh, Manny Pacquiao fought Floyd, I mean, it was years ago. I mean, yes, there was still some interest, but, I mean, the fight the fight didn't mean as much. And he was injured, yeah, too. Yeah, Manny was yeah, injured. Yeah, he was injured, yeah. With one arm. Yeah. And, and he was an old man. He was a money man that had already been knocked out cold. And the fight to to the casual boxing fans still meant something. And to your hardcore boxing fan, they know it was going to happen. Floyd was going to just, you know, um, jab him to death and flinch him to death. And, and it was going to be a very boring fight. And that's exactly what you got. And that's, those are the type of fights that put a black eye on us. Those are the type of fights that, that make you not want to watch boxing. Because no, I know Manny's going to be fighting Keith Thurman. Yeah, but it's, that's an old Manny. You got to think about that's a forty-one-year-old Manny. I don't want to see like that. He's like, well, I have a couple more fights. Like, okay, yeah, but are you? And I don't mind him fighting um, fights right now, but he has to pick the right opponent. He can't go out after these young lions. I think a guy like Manny Pacquiao already paid his dues. He fought all the monsters uh, the, in his era. I mean, he fought. You know, he fought De La Hoya. He was able to beat De La Hoya. It was, you know, way drained De La Hoya. But nonetheless, he beat him. He beat Ricky Hatton. Um, he beat uh, uh, Marquez, you know. Uh, to, you know, it was a tough fight for him. You know, at the end of the day, he, he beat Marquez. Fight, did he fight Castillos? Uh, no, no. He fought uh, uh, Barrera, Morales. Um, oh, yeah, Barrera. Um, so he's fought everybody. He fought. I mean, he went as high as 154 pounds. And Manny Pack is a really small guy. A guy that should be fighting at 140 tops. Tops, I'm talking, but that should be his, his max yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. Is there an age limit where boxers should retire? Depends. Heavyweights could. I think a heavyweight um, body comes into play a little later in life. I think um, with uh, the only older heavyweights I think I can remember is George Foreman and Archie Moore. Yeah. No, no, and and and, and that's that makes sense because again, you don't the volume of punches isn't there. Uh, it's more brute power when it comes to heavyweight, um, so they're able to last l- a lot longer. That's why a lot of times when you see the, these Olympians that go, they're they're a lot older, because again you have to develop that man strength. Um, with the lighter weights, again, I mean they're very short careers. You know, they're you know if you're a 30 year old old guy, you know, and in, in boxing, um, there's a guy that defies the odds, sort of like Bernard Hopkins, you know, because mm, <laughs> you know, I don't know how he was able to do it again. Very boring fighter, don't get me wrong. I thought, but, it was he, a, but he came late because he was in prison. He was in prison, but still to be fighting at almost 50 years old is it's 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 a scary thing. When I saw Bernard get knocked down, he got out, knocked down out of the ring. That was very scary. I was very. I was at that fight at the forum. Really? No. Oh my uh, god. It was very scary because at the end of the day, yes, he's slick and whatnot, but that's an old man. No man, you, you could hurt somebody. That's um, crazy. I used to watch back in the day uh, Michael Carbajal. Oh, he was a beast. I think he's in New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. I, 
they from LA. Was no, he from LA? No, I think he's, he has a gym in New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or Arizona, one of them. I used to watch him on USA Boxing. Mm-hmm. That's why I still remember USA Boxing yeah. back then. Yeah, I used to watch him. And Tuesday used, Night Fights, right? right? Yeah, and he used to watch James, uh, was it, uh, James Thunder. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy from New Zealand used to knock out people in one <laughs> second. I used to watch him and be like, look, look, don't, don't flip. Boom. Yeah. Like, and he, got, he had the fastest knockout was like seven seconds. See, those are developmental fights that you create an attraction. It's very hard to do uh, in boxing, especially now because everybody knows, oh, look at this guy. He's fighting a guy with three wins and 27 losses. You know the, guys, you know the guy knows how to lose, so <laughs> you know what you're going to get. So. That's crazy. Let's talk about um, yesterday with uh, Triple G. You know he was going to knock that guy out? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? I, I think the fact that everybody was still on uh, Anthony Joshua... Uh, Andy Reese a high, but like, okay, what if, what if Rose could win? What if he? But no, the fact of the matter is, Golovkin's an elite athlete. Yeah. Um, again, we talked about age. Golovkin is one of those fighters that hasn't received much punishment in his career. Um, and he's older, he's like thirty-seven, right? Thirty-seven. I think the last four fights, I think it's probably been his more um, the the fights that have he's received a bit more punishment because uh, Canelo one and two, uh, you know. He, there were actual legitimate fights. I think Triple G won that one. Yeah, the, the first, first one, one, right? Yeah, 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 no, arguably so. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with people that say that. Um, second one, not so much. But even uh, with uh, Daniel Jacobs, that was, again, it was a fight. It was a legitimate fight that, that, that happened. And so, but Golovkin, having that brute force that he has... He hasn't been put through a lot of punishment. Yes, he's 37 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. Re- his body hasn't really been deteriorated. He's no. always been that dominant, that strong that he knows that he could change everything with one punch. And he and he did something when he after after he lost with Canelo, mm-hmm. he got a new trainer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who this guy is. Um. So this guy he, here to just to give you a backstory, Jonathan Banks trained off of the Crunk Gym. Crank. Crunk Gym was run by Emmanuel Stewart. Um, Ooh, okay. Guy that trained Klitschko. Um, and uh, Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis and, and many, many other fighters. Um, so they're trying to develop uh, Golovkin into into um, develop his jab, develop just develop him, just not not develop him because maybe that's the wrong word, but tweak little things uh, here and that. Um, uh, Golovkin. You know, was brought up with that gimmick of Mexican style, and, and that that honestly, that that was a great marketing scheme. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it helped sell tickets. I mean, there's no bigger fan base in boxing than that of a Mexican fan base. Um, so it worked; it sold tickets, and 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 it got him to where he is now. Now they gotta change things a bit because obviously, um, not that he didn't win versus Canelo or a draw wasn't enough, but. A fighter has to continue to develop at 37 years old so much you could develop but you can still change little things here and there like you know him going to the body um your eastern european fighters are, are, are um, very methodical um the the their styles are very amateurish so everything is on points going after the head going after the head uh compared to westerners where you know mexicans and american fighters love to dig to the body so um, that's where he Golovkin I think it's it's his weak point and I think that's where he could develop himself into a great mm. fighter but he needs to start going low to the body that way um, he's able to catch those fighters that, that have quick feet towards the later round so I think if Golovkin a fighter like Golovkin would have you know invested a little more to Canelo's body 
he would have slowed him down a bit and he would have you know caught him right in the middle of the ring a little later but that's not something that unfortunately he developed himself into yeah that's interesting what you just said right now because that you have separate with mexico the westerner and the europeans mm-hmm. but now you've seen all the russians coming little by little it's hunger 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 you understand mexico was always prime for for boxing but there was a lot of hunger in mexico um sometimes now in mexico you're hungry if you want to be hungry um mexico is, is still strong in boxing but not as strong as it was maybe in the 80s and 90s yeah now if, if you know you're hungry honestly you go around the corner there's a cartel you go work with and then make a ton of money same thing happening in 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 the russia you know soviet union broke up um there's a lot of hunger out there. there's yeah. a lot of people wanting to uh, become something and that's why um, you're getting all these all these fighters from the broken up Soviet Union that are that strong, that are very hungry, that are coming to the U.S. and, and breaking down a lot of these fighters. I mean, they're just built different. So. That makes sense because with Mexico and Russia, with the hunger, because the cor- the corruption, the poor, the star, like I got to get out of poverty. But with the the American fighters, are kind of more relaxed. Absolutely. More very, now I get it. Eighties eighties boxing. Um, here in the U.S., all these great, amazing black fighters they, that they gave us, because U.S. was broken down. You know, there was there was the, the ghettos were bad. Crack was coming up. It, it, there was room for boxing was a way out, and boxing's always been a way out for the ghettos, for the for poverty in itself, and and it goes around because all of a sudden you see all these regions. Um, that start coming up with fighters and, that, and that's what's going on that's why in the u.s it goes back to what we said about the heavyweight division at the very beginning if you have a big kid do you want him in a box and you know possibly you know we just talked about zap judo you know get brain damage and, and or do you want him to go to school at least try that route you know and, and maybe get a kid a scholarship at least you know give him a decent education because if you're like a if you're a boxer you're starting at the age of what five six six seven years old is probably the 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 standard age so you know you really don't want to do that i mean if i personally if i had a kid i wouldn't put him in boxing and because that because when i saw that movie uh three years ago with concussion that's, yeah. that's a scary yeah, exactly it's a that, scary it's a very I, I, pressure you, point. You're, you're a father so you would you want to put your kid in boxing i no. might put him in baseball mm-hmm. you know baseball because you're hitting the thing and it's a soft yeah. it's not like we're not like we're have like we're like we're not like rams we're hitting yeah. each other in the head when you have that little crack now, with that movie, uh, that show documentary, 30 for 30, with the Brayers, right. with Jim McMahon, has that, that concussion, he has CTE, yeah. and they show, like, with everything, they have to put something back and t- uh, drain all the fluid in his brain because of squeeze, he can't do this, and memory loss. That's scary. That's some scary shit, man. But they do, but like you said, no benefits, no insurance, yep. that's it. Yeah. I get it. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're back on right now. We took a little break, and uh, let's. How did you? How did you? How did you start? Like, you know, Beto. How did you meet Beto Duran? Uh, Beto Duran was doing um, something with Ring TV, so he would call a lot of the fights. um, You know, Ring TV with you know through Golden Boy, and and that's one thing I kind of. I liked about him because he told a story about these these fighters, and I told him from the very beginning. Um, that's. That's what I kind of like. Yeah, you know, there's the superstars, there's the Canelos, there's the AJs and whatnot. Those are the guys that already made it. Yeah. But 
I'm in it for the stories. I want to hear the, this, these kids' lives, you know, what happened to what school they came from, you know, what struggles that they have, you know, somehow try to identify with them. And that's one thing that Beto's been very good at, and I respect it from him, you know, as much shit as he likes to talk, but he... he Every day. He tells a story about a kid when he's like, yeah. oh, this guy came from Pacoima High or whatever, and this guy went to Centennial, or this guy went to this, that. He tells you a story, and he, and he makes the fighter human and that's what i respect and and and, and that's why I, I again i kind of miss him on the radio and not on the radio i'm sorry but on these broadcasts because he doesn't get to do them as much but yeah he's, he he tells you a story so yeah he does more like a rive early leave late with la times and let's no. go ricky Rowe. but i always tell him I, i'll troll i don't give a fuck i'll say it to i'll dm I'm like yo what, what is living the dream man we can do another one <laughs> yeah you know he's a great troll man um i think when i when i first started talking to him he would go and these hikes and then he would start wearing these bright colors whoever sponsored him like where one time he was wearing orange or something and i uh, started making fun of his orange shoes or, <laughs> and then and, and, you know he was a shoe whore he, he was, was posting stuff on his instagram yeah. or something yeah so yeah exactly i don't know who travis matthew whatever the hell sponsored wearing the carlton shirts and what carlton shirt so he again that that's how I met him. I don't through you know I think it was Twitter or whatnot, and and he's a good dude, man. He, he was he was very political on Twitter because I would hear the stories and he would go on on rants, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but uh, and, and that's one thing that that you can't really get into it, man. Because look, I I myself that's how I named, made a name for myself. I would troll people. I would troll a lot of fighters. Really? I would troll so many fighters on Twitter. I laid back a little, well, actually a lot, but. When I started making my name out there in social media was was through Twitter. I would troll anybody because I, mean, I don't have a Twitter. No, dude, Twitter was Twitter was brutal. Twitter's that place that you're talking to yourself so somebody jumps in. Um, that that's that's what it is. It's just retweeting, shit. tweeting, tweeting. But you know, I, I would tweet a lot and and made a lot of met a lot of cool. I mean, some of the closest people that I'm um, I'm with right now through Twitter. There's a lot of good people, and now of course Instagram and and, and whatnot. But yeah, that's that's how a lot of us I think actually introduced each other to the sport. Yeah, that's good because like how the social media is like changing the game right now, and that's how people are getting known. Like you know, like you did from Twitter, and now you did the Facebook live, now you're doing the Instagram lives for when you do the the podcast. Hmm. That's how I did with you know my Instagram. I got known because I would go on these rants. Hmm. Then when uh, the story with George Perez when he invited me on as a 50th fan guest, you know I you know whatever in this podcast um i was like a little nervous like this is a podcast i was like oh my <laughs> god i got nervous i was like Ugh, like dead air and but when i started going on these rants you know on lives on people like just do a fucking podcast right so i did a podcast and and the first time uh, a person named martin rizzo told me like hey want to do my podcast I was like yeah so i did it he taught me how to do anchor and everything and stuff right. like that and i started doing it then all of a sudden for some reason, I tried doing anchor for two days. It was a little hard, but I don't know. I, I'm more as perfectionist. Right. I put a, a episode, but it was only for 30 minutes, and I actually put put it out on accident. Uh-huh. I was like, I give up. I don't want to do the podcast no more. All of a sudden, since I was following like Felipe Esparza, Beto, and George Permartin, I was watching a live with Felipe Esparza, and he says. Shout outs to Mega Man doing the Mega Man's podcast, whatever, and give him a follow here at it. And all of a sudden, I looked at my numbers like, why do I have over 300 listeners on my on with this episode? What the fuck? I'm not that special. Hmm. And that's when the next day, 
people were like, hey, when's the next episode? That's cool, man. But it, I was fuck. I, my episode sucked. It was my intro. I don't have an episode one. I had an intro. You see, but that's cool. That that that's that. You got to get rid of the, the the butterflies. Like I said, when I once I started doing it by myself, I thought it was the hardest thing in the world. It was like hard. I said, I'm used to talking to people. If I go live, I'm talking to people. I'm, you know, people are asking me questions, yeah. and, and I'll answer them. But I answer them on the spot. I answer them on the spot. Um, but talking to yourself, it's, it's 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 really difficult, man. It's it's harder than most people think. But when you start getting guesses on it, it's gonna yeah. be way funner. Yeah, it's it's gonna be something else. That's what I was trying to do because I was losing my followers. Like, how am I gonna get my numbers back? And I started doing uh, getting guesses. And mm. I still remember my first celebrity guest I had was Tanya Estrada. Really? You know, Martin Moreno. She does like Animal Kingdom. She was the podcast comedian and all that. Then it started going Tony the Wizard, MC Poncho, Hooter. And I started, you know, doing all that, you know. When a whole, I don't know, hopefully get Bethel Duran. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know you want him here, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's the thing where it's, it's just, it, it got funner and funner. Right. And well, there's one thing I do when I have a guest on. I do my homework for the next two days before. Right. Because I want to be more prepared and I'm, I want to keep it more professional. Right. Because looking back at the episodes, the podcast that I did, and you will go through that situation yeah. I heard myself in the beginning I was like what the fuck <laughs> and I didn't like it and I was like I'm better than this That's and I just you just work your way up and, and you're you're doing it you're, what, what episode are you at now I think I'm at 20th yeah, yeah. so I'm, I might do one tonight because I try to have them keep playing with the numbers I, I I try to have them you know ready for Monday yeah, uh, yeah. then I midweek because I know there's like about six, seven other big podcasts that are out there, and I try to, you know, somehow put my in, um, after them because yes, I, I don't want to. That's the thing. Clutter you, the market, you know. So what I always, well, I'm doing it only for this week only, but I usually try to put an episode out um, on Thursday. Really. The reason why is because that's where a lot of people who do overnight working, the other weekend, they have like I got nothing to do yeah. Thursday and. Let us simmer all the way until Monday. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. But some people want to do one episode a week. I like to do three episodes uh, a that's, week. That's brutal. But sometimes people are like you just bear in the episodes. No, no but as long as depends, you focus on depends what you do. Like me, like uh, my my podcast. Um, look, you go anywhere to listen to what happened on the fight. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go over stats. I think it's it's not for me. I'm not a reporter. Um, I'm a boxing fan. I'm a guy that works in boxing uh, to a certain extent. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you what uh, a story about what happened, what I think about this fight. And I'm going to try to put you in a certain event as much as I can. I want to, I want people to understand what boxing is all about, the background of it, the business of it. Oh, yeah. And that's what my podcast is. Again, you're not going to get the, oh, this guy connected, you know, 37 punches or this guy did this or this guy got knocked out in 2.3 minutes. No, I'm going to tell you a story about boxing on if you're trying to listen to my boxes for stats and whatnot, you're not going to get them. Mm-hmm. What you're going to get is you're going to get a good story from it. When when you do the podcast now, because it's like now that you're keeping it real, do you get those like again those trolls like talk shit like, hey, you should be saying that shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, my podcast, I don't edit shit. I I sit down and if it's twenty minutes, twenty minutes at the intro and boom, amonos, let's go. I'm not gonna if I fuck up, go for it. You know, like I would troll people before. Um, I don't care. You know, you learn from your mistakes. And if there's a mistake, great. 
and I think you end up learning from it. If I made a mistake, if I called the fighter a different name that that it's not, you know what? Next time I won't do it because you corrected. That's why I don't mind people critiquing the podcast. On the contrary, I encourage it. That's how I'm gonna learn. Yeah, you get people like the they'll go DM me like, hey, you said this. Like they try to correct you. Yeah, and it, 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 it's 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 easy cool. to correct people from the, from from the outside. But at the same time, I really appreciate them when they do because, again, there's something that I thought I was good at, but maybe I'm not. I, I said this wrong, so now let's work on it and make sure we get it right. Yeah, like I was telling you earlier where I have some listeners that listen to my episode, but they listen like five or six times in a row. Wow. It's like, and I always, I was telling you, like, why do you listen to it? Well, I want to see if you're telling the truth or not. I want to see little errors that you do. Yeah. It's like... Okay. This that's a lot of investment. That's you, but that's good. That means they're listening. Yeah. They're paying attention. They're listening, or sometimes I get those trolls that say, "Oh, I could do a better podcast than you." Great. All right, then go do, do it. it. Do it. Support but, them. Tell them, you know what? I'll <laughs> help it. you out. Whatever question. Anytime somebody's trying to do, whether it's, you know, I, I used to do a lot of boxing shirts before. Uh-huh. Um, I, I did the, the boxing and chill shirt. I made that. Uh, the Mexicans for Golovkin, I started that. Um, so the the NWA, because I put not with Did Al. you make a Canelo one? I made a Canelo one. And they said one. it got stolen, like someone no, copyrighted? No, the, the Golovkin one is probably one of the most copyrighted sh- uh, um or copied shirt, I'm sorry, uh, shirt out there. It's Mexican for Golovkin. I had an old Chalino face, I uh, old Chalino po- uh, CD cover, and I put Golovkin's face. That's That that shirt made it to, uh, I think, Bleacher Report. Uh, that shirt made it on the New Yorker. Um, so there's been so many Golovkins uh, posted about it uh, hundreds of times when, when when we would do those huge tailgates at, at StubHub Center when Golovkin fought Rubio. Um, at, at, at the forum when he fought away. I mean, there's so many stuff that I've been involved with that we don't have that many hours to talk about. No, that's okay. But, it, but it's, it's, again, it's been it's been crazy. So I had a lot of fun with boxing. That's good. That's good. Uh, I always want to talk about what's better now. Because now that The Zone is throwing all this money to Canelo, Joshua, and... Um, and and uh, Triple G, then you have ESPN that just signed Tyson Fury. Like, what's going on with that? I mean, My, look, I, I'm all up for for more streaming. I think it's great. I think it's 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 great that people are capitalizing it, or, or companies are capitalizing it because boxing fans for the last ten years have been like there are fights out there but they're not fights that you really dine to 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 pay for this floyd fight was, was a great uh one of the biggest pay-per-view stars but people got tired of it they're looking for a different way to stream it you don't want to pay for a fight that, that that already has a predetermined winner so people are streaming so all these companies again the zone i think it it, it might it, in my opinion it might be about five years too early from to be out there because yes, there's a lot of people streaming, but a lot of people already found out how to illegally stream. Um, this app is more for the casual consumer. Um, the casual consumer isn't there when it comes to apps yet. You know, you're, 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 for example, the demographic for them is it's 18 to 35 or 38, you would say, maybe about our age. We're gonna download that app. You have that app. My dad doesn't have that app. My dad wants to see Canelo. Where's he gonna see Canelo? I don't know. Pay-per-view. Yeah. When, when I go to his house and, you know, you know, hook up my DAZN app a day later, maybe, you know. But it's alienating a lot of people that do not have apps 
or that do not know how to use an app, that do not want to pay ten dollars for an app because there's people that are, are still and that old school mentality. Old school mentality still have a cable box. I don't have a cable box. Yeah. I rather stream. I, I got a buddy of mine that does, does War Media. War Media gives me every single channel I could watch, pay per view, and, and whatnot. And it's not an illegal stream. It's not illegal because it's actually a stream. So you could get a stream. You get Cody or, or Fire Stick, and you could you could you could set up these streams where you don't have to pay all this amount of money, and you can still enjoy the fights. Yeah, we'll talk later about that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need something to save some money, save a little buck or two. Absolutely. But yeah, but do you think it's a good deal for Tyson Fury to be at ESPN? No. No, 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 because you're alienating the fights. Again, there was a, a three-headed monster, again, a month ago, which was Tyson Fury, uh, Wilder, and, and, and Joshua. And those three are with three different entities, so it's very difficult to already make a fight because there's all these boxing divas that, oh, I want this money. No, but I want this. This is or the new thing. You're on the wrong side of the street, as I like to say it. Um, but... Now with ESPN, Tyson Fury and ESPN, you got uh, Wilder with Showtime, Fox, um, and Joshua with uh, uh, the zone. zone, and then you got now you got Andy Ruiz with that's that's a PBC fighter that kid that they allowed to fight on the Zone, but they allowed him because they thought the guy was gonna lose, so they were like, okay, get us a couple of million dollars, get get us get us a percentage of that money that you're gonna make. And, and it's, it's a win-win situation. Changed everything. But now he changed everything because now the guy's talking about he wants $50 million for a, f- for a fight that I don't think makes that much money. It might make that much money, but we also have to give it to the guy that is actually uh, generating that, that revenue, which is Anthony Joshua, because that's the guy that put asses in the seats. That's what melts. I get it. He has a belt, but belts don't sell tickets fucking anthony joshua does so i know that's the thing with the three-headed monster now that you have anthony joshua lost Mm -hmm. then you have wilder fighting ortiz again why was it yeah what the heck with that you want to talk about that well they're they're trying to recycle fighters they don't have nothing to do they have they don't have a fighter to to to, for him to fight so they do but they don't want to risk the fighter i worry is that i don't think wilder's gonna win that fight Versus who, Ortiz? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Ortiz. Look, Ortiz might be about 72 years old. He's, he's one of yeah. those Cubans that you don't really you know don't what know. their age is. And um, I don't think Ortiz has looked the best uh, that he's looked before. So um, I think, um, again, I think it's been, what, about a year since the last fight? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think he should be able to knock Ortiz out in this one, maybe about six, seven rounds. Um Deontay Wilder is still developing. I know he's he's, he's up there in age, but he still develop, he developed very late. So he's now developing into a monster. This is his this is his prime right now. This is a time where he's gonna be able to knock out guys like you don't imagine. Um, he's gonna knock out Ortiz if he gets this version of, of of Joshua. Eventually, he'll knock him out if he gets easily easily if he gets. Or a guy like like uh, Andy Reese, he'll knock him out fairly easy as well. He's just the range is there. The power um, of his right the, the hand. The power is ridiculous. So if Andy tries to get near him that way, he's gonna let that right hand loose, and that right hand is, is, is devastating. You see Wilder as like a boxer. You see him like wow, I haven't seen a boxer like that in a long time with his reach like that with that power. He's he has, skinny. He has power that that transcends generations it's it's like his that type of power could have been great in any generation i don't know if that chin will because he's very chinny um but he has 
scary power. He has uh, concussive power, and 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 that's why he's special in a way. But he's special at the same time because you know he's very vulnerable. You've seen him hurt. Um, you've seen him wobbled. Um, I seen him wobbled when he was coming up by a guy that was kind of built like like Andy Reid, bigger than Andy Reid. And the guy was whooping his ass throughout the ring, and he was—he must have been like about maybe ten fights in. So, he's a young kid, um, but he's—that's why he makes him special because you know he's vulnerable. You know he could get get hit. You know he could get knocked out, and any given time with a right punch, sort of like Joshua fight, um, he can't go down. It's a very scary times in the heavy way because you know if Anthony Joshua lost, I hope to God, pray. That Wilder wins, but if he doesn't, then you have Tyson. It's like the whole, dif- yeah. Yeah. But it's good for boxing. It's good for boxing. Definitely good for boxing. It's good. It's good for everything. Um, also, uh, Vinchenko, uh, the little, was he from lightweight? Uh, Loma, yeah, 135 pounder. Yeah. Is he fighting? When is he gonna fight again? I'm not sure when he's fighting. Um, like he's a very, I think he's probably one of the best fighters in in, in the world out there right now. Um. Very skilled. Very skilled. It's 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 one of the. I remember when he was coming out. I wasn't a big fan of him. I'll be I'll be, and I'm still not a big fan of him. But I respect what he does in the sport. Um, there's this thing that's called the top rank diet. Um, top rank only feeds certain fighters to 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 their fighters because they want to develop them into a star. That's sort of what they did uh-huh. to to Loma. Um, I think Loma's to the point where he's. The only fight for him is Mikey Garcia that I want to see is I know. him and Mikey Garcia. Yeah, him and Mikey Garcia at 140 pounds is it's my dream fight. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk. I forgot to talk about Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia right now. I don't think a lot of people are very fond of him right now because I think he conned the boxing community, and I think the boxing community is a bit upset. Um, he made people believe. He made. It was an interview that 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 I was invited to. It was like a some boxing show that and Mikey Garcia was there. Mikey Garcia and this was about maybe about two and a half years ago. Mikey Garcia looked me in the face and said, I'm gonna fight Linares, I'm gonna fight this guy, and then I'm gonna go up and fight Errol Spence. It was two and a half years ago. And he said, What do you think? Because I've known Mike Garcia and his family for many years. I said, No. <laughs> he said, What do you mean no? He thought I was gonna be like another bandwagon or like, like sure, you know, do this. You good guy, you got a champ. No, I said, No. This, this fight's all wrong for you. This guy is, is a huge kid at 147 pounds. You're a tiny guy already for 140. Uh, your perfect weight is 135. But he, he dared to be great. But when it came down to the fight, he didn't throw punches. And that's Mikey's style. He only throws a punch that he knows is going to land. I get it. But I think many people felt con because the confidence, what he was speaking before the fight. He, he It's like he knew something that... I didn't know. He made me doubt my my, my decision because my decision was always like, no, Mikey's just gonna get out boxing. His kid is gonna be too long. He's never gonna let him in. He's gonna slap him around, which is exactly what happened in the fight. But the way Mikey Garcia was talking and me talking to some of his family members, are like, what is Mikey gonna do? I mean, like, this is. I get it. Mikey's great at 135 pounds. At 100, 130, 126, he's, he's been a monster. Nobody's even touched Mikey. Um, but this kid is big. He's all wrong for him. They're like, watch and see. Everybody's all like, they, they, they were speaking of Mikey in this, in the sense that, wait and see. Wait, 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 what we're going to do. It didn't make sense, but it made me even doubt myself. Like, 
huh, maybe you know, these guys are the experts. I mean, they're the, they're the fighters. They, they know something that I don't know. The fact of the matter is he didn't show anybody shit, but he got himself a nice payday. That's all it was. It was a payday. He gave his loss for like $10 million. He gave his first loss to, to, to Spence. He didn't do a damn shit in that fight. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. I <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, fuck. I hope Mikey Garcia gets comes back and get that fucking win and oh, shit. Oh, he, he'll do fine. But he has um, he's scheduled to fight Danny Garcia. So it's gonna be Garcia versus Garcia, uh, sometime I believe in August or something like that. So, um, we'll see how he does because Danny Garcia is no pushover either. Cool. Um, is there any upcoming fighters you're looking out for for 2019 and 2020? Uh, look, there's so m- one thing that I that I told myself never to be a fan of a boxer anymore. I'm a fan of fights. Um, there's so many fighters coming. I started working recently with Adidas, so yeah, guys like Panchito, uh, uh, the Vaca. We got guys like. Uh, Mercito Hesta that you see me posting all the time. You just uh, repost, repost. Um, uh, but uh, the kid that I am personally looking into that that I think um, is probably the best fighter out there. His name is Teofimo Lopez. In top rank has him. He's, he's a special individual. Every single time he's out there, he gives on the show. There's another kid named Virgil Ortiz. Special kid that Golden Boy has, 140 pounder. He reminds me a lot of Fernando Vargas. Uh, same Ooh. look, same freaking apocalypto look, you know. <laughs> Fernando <laughs> yeah. Vargas. Same Aztec looking uh, dude. Uh, love the kid. I, he goes in there. He's good with bad intentions. He's 140 pounder. I think he might actually go to 147 pound, uh, 47 now. Um, but those are my my, my two top prospects um, out there. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Before we're almost up to the end, um, last question uh, for all my podcast listeners. With all my listeners, how do you want my listeners to remember Mr. Boxing Guru? Look, as far as remembering, they could remember remember me however they want. (laughs) Uh, But as far as what I bring to the table, I mean, I'm just, I'm a boxing fan as as much as the next guy. uh, but I'm a guy that's always going to be honest with you. Um, I'm a guy that's, that's, in my opinion, I don't have any hidden agendas. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about this fighter. I'm going to tell you what I think about that fighter. Um, and, and, and that's it. Um, just an honest guy that's, that's always willing to give somebody an opinion. Or, and, and if somebody needs advice of anything, I don't care who it is, mm-hmm. feel free to message me. Um, uh, po- post on my on my accounts and, and, and I'll be more than happy to answer any question that anybody has <laughs> well that's awesome man that's awesome to be here I just want to say thank you for doing the podcast no it was my pleasure man anytime come over you already know my house, where my house is so you can come over anytime hey I feel like to me like um, we are talking earlier like my boy uh, Ray Markarian and now I have you it's I always feel like we always have a good flow with certain people man we yeah. have this good flow because we know like boxing I know Maybe you're maybe always, I would kind of, I kind of felt like let me see what how much Mega Man knows boxing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you know yourself, man. You definitely know yourself. So yeah. You well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. But before we go, do you have any shout outs or any plugs you want to do? Uh, no. You know what? Just shout out to all your listeners, man. Thanks for listening. Hope they give you good feedback. Hope they enjoyed the podcast. Um, if they do want to follow me, they can follow me on you know my social media accounts. I do have uh, Twitter at Mister Boxing Guru, uh, Instagram the same thing uh, at Mister Boxing Guru. I think I have a Facebook 
like page. Uh, again, same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Boxing Gurus, they could feel free to follow me on any type of social media platform they want. That's awesome. Well, thank you. You can subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes. I need those five stars. Um, you can follow me at Mega Man 6980 and also my podcast page at the Mega Man uh, podcast. And uh, everything else. Again, Mr. Boxing Guru, thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure, buddy. And it's, oh, and also, uh, where can they find you on the platforms? On are you on iTunes? I'm on iTunes. I'm on iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, and YouTube. So again, same thing uh, at Mr. Boxing Guru. Hell yeah! And you can find my podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, and more. And if you can't find it, just DM me, and I'll respond to you guys. All right, then, guys, uh, Mr. Boxing Guru and Mega Man's out because I right now I'm going to enjoy my birthday today. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>